It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. On today's show, we're going to give you updates on the Thunder injuries. We're going to talk about the Thunder making a roster move. Where do the Thunder sit currently? What is on tap to finish the first half of the season? And what is on deck for the second half of the season as the schedule got announced to this last week. And we're going to do an edition of Friday Stock Watch. So the first thing we're going to dive into is the roster update. So Hamadou Diallo has a sore groin. He'll miss at least the next two games. Could be shut down for the rest of the first half. But for right now, all we know is that he will at least miss the first uh, the next two games on Friday and Saturday. Uh, status for, again, Wednesday, Thursday, unknown. Ty Jerome has been recalled from the G League bubble because of that. And Ty Jerome in the G League bubble has scored 12 points per game, three assists per game, two rebounds per game, one steal per game in the bubble. And Jerome was a player that, of course, came over from the Chris Paul trade, had a lot of excitement about him in the Thunder fan base, and then he had the ankle sprain and has never played for the Thunder, only played for the Blues so far this year. So presumably we'll get our first look at him tonight whenever the Thunder take on the Hawks. I really like Ty Jerome. I think that Ty Jerome can show some things tonight, and, and I think that he's a good depth piece and a good way to really fill in for Diallo. I think that he can handle the ball well. I think that he can score well, and that's what the bench unit really needs in the absence of Diallo, so Jerome can fill in those gaps there. I think that Jerome needs consistent minutes in the NBA for the rest of this year because you have to figure out what this guy can be. He has first-round potential. He has first-round promise. He's shown the flashes in the G League, including hitting that game winner that was really awesome. Ty Jerome has a skill set. The shooting, the offensive game 
that can make a lasting impact on an NBA roster. And you're seeing how much confidence that the Thunder have in him because he's the only player that survived the offseason from that Chris Paul trade. Jalen McHugh, he's gone. They're all gone from that from that trade with Chris Paul. And the only one left standing is Ty Jerome, who they helped nurse a ankle injury, set him down in the bubble. He played well in the bubble. And now he's back in the NBA. And I want to see him really take this opportunity and run with it. Oklahoma City has really lacked some scoring and shooting at times, especially without George Hill, who is still out tonight with that thumb injury. I think that Ty Jerome can provide that off the bench for Oklahoma City. I would still expect Taylor Maldon to start and not Ty Jerome, but that will be also something to monitor moving forward. Now, again, George Hill is out for this game. He's going to be out for the next game also. We're not even at the four-week mark yet for him to be reevaluated. Al Horford, though, is sitting out for the Atlanta game. That's the first night of the back-to-back, folks. The, the second night against Denver, he will not sit out, presumably, because he's been resting typically on that second night. Now he's resting on that first night, so you'd imagine the Thunder will have him against Denver. Now, I find this interesting not only because it messes with Al Horford's patterns that, that he usually has gone with, but because the second game is against Denver. That's against Jokic. And Jokic is one of the premier players that Mark Dignott has said, and that this organization has said, they want to see Isaiah Roby develop against. They want to see Isaiah Roby take on those experiences and take on those challenges and adjust to those challenges. And without Horford starting, that kind of takes away from the looks you can get at Roby in that spot. Now, I'm sure they're going to find ways to still get him out there and find ways to still match him up with, with Jokic throughout the game. But it does take away an opportunity from Isaiah Roby to rest Horford now versus later. That's a really nerdy and, and stupid thing to be concerned about. I'll admit it, but I did, you know, I, I was looking forward to viewing the progress that, uh, that Isaiah Roby has made in that category of defending those elite big men. You're, you're seeing him make the technical adjustments of going for the ball more and not really facing up defending with, with these guys and not really just standing your ground, but instead trying to, you know, cause chaos, you know, whenever you're defending guys. And I want to see if that can translate to Jokic because at the end of the day, Al Horford will not stop him either. I mean, he's Jokic. He's going to go off on anybody. But I want to see what kind of resistance Isaiah Roby can provide. And, and again, Isaiah Roby could very well still get a ton of matchup minutes against Jokic on, on Saturday. But it's just surprising to me that, that they're going to change this pattern now. And it seems pretty convenient that they're going to change it now and let Al Horford go up against Jokic and not Isaiah Roby. Does this mean that Roby will never play a small ball five again or that he'll be a four now or, or whatever? No, it probably means nothing, but I did find it interesting because I'm just a hugely weird Thunder nerd that thinks about this team way too much and talks about them literally every single day nonstop. So I thought that was interesting that Al Horford rests tonight and not tomorrow. Where do the Thunder sit right now and where are they going? So the record right now for Oklahoma City is 13 and 19. They have the same amount of losses as Houston, Sacramento, Orlando, and one more loss than Washington and Atlanta to kind of put into perspective how they're doing around the league. On Tankathon right now, they're tied for the seventh pick pre-lottery. They are six and a half games out of the number one overall pick pre-lottery, but they're only one and a half games out of a top three pick pre-lottery. Now, here's the thing. If you've listened to this show in the preseason, I said it'll be just as hard to win the lottery this year as it will be to win a championship because everything's condensed you know, from preseason stuff to in-season stuff. It's 72 games and every game matters more. And that this team for the Thunder specifically will be a very scrappy competitive one that'll win more games than they should based on their on paper talent, just because of how much effort they, that they give, just because of how much, how much intensity that they're going to give and how scrappy they are and how Lou Dort only makes winning plays. That's one of my big things I said 
all preseason long. And so while you sit just one and a half games out of a top three pick, now why is that significant? If you didn't know, the top three picks pre-lottery all have the same odds. So if you're one, two, or three, you get a 14% chance at the number one overall pick. So really, you just need to be bottom three to get the highest opportunity, the highest chance to get a Kate Cunningham to get the top overall pick. So that's why I'm using the top three as the kind of the measuring stick there. Even as you sit a game and a half out of the, out of the top three picks, this Thunder team is also two and a half out of the playoffs. Now I'm counting the 10th seed as the playoffs because it's a play-in and it's a playoff format. So you're two and a half games out of the playoffs and one and a half games out of a top three pick. So I ask you, how has this Thunder season gone? And my answer is exactly as we all expected. This is a fun team. It's a competitive team. It's going to have nights where they look really bad offensively. It's going to have nights where they look really good and things are clicking and they show you the, the bright spots of this future. And it's going to have nights in between, in between good and bad, where it's kind of mediocre. And whenever it all levels out, they're right here. You know, that with the seventh pick heading into lottery night, if the season ends today, they're within striking distance of, of both the playoffs and a top three pick. This is the wackiness of this specific season. So no matter what size you came into this season on, tanking or not tanking, once again, you're proven right to this point because you can twist the record any way you want to. You can say they're two and a half out of the playoffs or you can say they're one and a half out of a top three pick. Like It goes either way. Now, where are the other picks for Oklahoma City? So they own the best two of these three, Houston, Oklahoma City, and Miami. Here's the kicker. If Houston continues to lose as they sit fourth right now, if post-lottery they are fourth or third or second or first, if they're not top four, post-lottery, they keep their pick. So you want Houston to lose because there's still only a coin flip chance, even if they are in that bottom four, that after the lottery that they'll survive that and still be bottom four. So you might as well keep them losing. But again, Houston cannot get you a top four pick. So you cannot have the best of both worlds with Houston. Now with Miami right now, they sit 15th in the NBA. That's outside the lottery. They've backed their way into the postseason, and they're going to continue to get better from here. They've won four straight games. They're seven and three. I do not see a world in which Miami misses the playoffs or misses the play in and is in any way or any realm close to the top four. So if you want a top four pick, you got to do it yourself if you're Oklahoma City. So that's where they sit with their picks. Now, they also have the chance to own one more pick, and that's Golden State. If Golden State finishes 21 or worse, then Oklahoma City gets their pick. And I think that the best comparison for Golden State's pick is last year's Thunder team. This will come down to the very wire, and they're either going to have a Mike Muscala moment or they're not. Remember last year, the Thunder lost their first-round pick to to, uh, Philadelphia on a Mike Muscala buzzer beater in the bubble. So Brad Wanamaker or some other warrior is either going to hit a big buzzer beater on the, on the last game of the year to sink their record to the 21st overall pick, or they're going to be 19 or 20 and keep their own pick. So I think that that's what's going to happen with Golden State. So as you monitor that, that's the range, really. It's going to be 21, 20, or 19, in my opinion. And you just got to hope that they're finishing 21 on the right days, like on the end of the year that they're 21. I think that that's the best Oklahoma City can do with that pick. And if you don't get that Golden State pick, then the Thunder would pick up the Minnesota second round pick and have a plethora of second round picks. They, they then have 
the 31st pick from Minnesota in the second round, the 38th pick from their, from themselves in the second round and the 51st pick from Denver in the second round. So that's where the picks are sitting right now. Again, I know it's, it's tricky, but you cannot have the best of both worlds and have the thunder win and other teams lose and get in the top four. You just can't have it happen because Miami's going to be too good. And if the Houston pick falls in the top four, they get to keep it. So that's where we're at right now. What is up next for this thunder team to conclude the first half and what does their second half look like? We'll talk about that in a second, but first I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today for a free account. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit whenever you use our promo code Locked On. Again, promo code Locked On, 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. Try them out today, betonline.ag. I use them to bet on every single Thunder game. I'll let you know how I'm going to bet on tonight's Thunder game coming up. So again, betonline.ag, promo code Locked On, 50% welcome bonus. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I want to tell you right now to go listen to Locked On Today podcast after the show is over to listen to the biggest stories from sports. And on today's show, on Locked On Today, they're talking about the relationship between Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Is it too fractured to continue? Will one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL get moved? Check them out today to find out all the scoop on that story and so much more on the Locked On Today podcast. Get more of the sport news you need in less time. The Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast from. So we talked about where Oklahoma City sits right now. And I want to talk about what's up next for the first half. So tonight against Atlanta, you're going to have no Diallo, no George Hill, no Al Horford. Atlanta is four and six in the last 10 games. They just blew out Boston, but they will be without Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, Chris Dunn, and Cam Reddish is questionable. So each side is missing pieces that are pretty valuable. It'll be the Trey Young versus SGA show. That'll be a lot of fun to watch tonight in Oklahoma City. But that's where you're sitting on Friday. On Saturday, you're going to take on the Nuggets without Diallo, without George Hill, but you will have Al Horford back. The Nuggets are 5-5 five and five in the last 10, but again, they do have an MVP caliber player in Jokic. Then the Thunder get a huge break, and I find this schedule pretty interesting because you play Friday, Saturday, and then you're off on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. 
three straight days before you have another back-to-back on Wednesday and Thursday. I just find it kind of odd why you throw in three off days before the All-Star break and then force you to play a back-to-back before the All-Star break. It's kind of weird. But the back-to-back will be Wednesday at Dallas. Will KP play? He's out right now with back tightness, back stiffness. Will he still play? Will he still be out next Wednesday? Will he be traded by next Wednesday? Who knows what's happening in Dallas right now? Go check out Locked on Mavs for the scoop on that. But Dallas is hitting their stride right now. They're seven and three in their last 10 heading into that Philadelphia game, which they did lose on TNT. But they're playing good basketball. You got to go to Dallas on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, go to San Antonio. Probably going to have no Al Horford because it's the second night of back-to-back. On one of these two games, you're going to miss Al Horford. Obviously, Oklahoma City and, and San Antonio just played. The Spurs are 6-4 and four in their last 10, and you would imagine by Thursday they're going to be more healthy than they were yesterday, but that is still up in the air as of right now. So that's the schedule to end the first half. For the game against Atlanta, my bet of the game will be Oklahoma City plus 3.5. I think they're going to win and beat Atlanta. The money ball will be Al Horford. I think he goes off tonight and has about three threes and leads the team in triples. So that's the first half of the year for Oklahoma City. Where are you at emotionally with this team? Where are you at with this team prediction-wise? Are they a playoff team? Are they a middling team? Are they a tanking team? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles and at LO Thunderpod on Twitter. I want to transition now into the second half schedule. Again, this year with it being a condensed season and so many cancellations, the NBA did break up the schedule release into two parts, and we got the second part of it on Wednesday. And I want to dive into that now on this show. The Thunder will start the second half on March 11th against Dallas. In this game, Dallas will be coming off the second night of a back-to-back, and this game will not be nationally televised, so you can rest players. So likely KP will be out. Again, who knows what the KP situation looks like on Wednesday, much less on March 11th. But if he's still on the team, and if he's playing again by then, I wouldn't think he's going to play the second night of a back-to-back against Oklahoma City. Now, the Thunder have zero nationally televised games despite having three 1 p.m. tip-offs. That's really hard to do. I'm not sure how the NPA got this schedule to where the Thunder have three 1 p.m. tip-offs and none of them are nationally televised. What's kind of the point in the matinees if they're not going to be on national television? One of them will be on NBA TV, but that doesn't really count as national television. But nonetheless, the Thunder have zero true you know, ESPN, ABC, TNT-type games, but they do have the one NBA TV game. Whenever they do play that one NBA TV game, it will be their first game on NBA TV because the first half of the season, they were supposed to play Philadelphia on NBA TV and it was canceled due to COVID. So the Thunder will get to make up their one NBA TV game of the year. Now, the interesting part about the last half of schedules is your last five games. Those can tell the story. And for Oklahoma City, it very well might tell the story. And it will absolutely have a great impact on this team and on the team's future. Your last five games are against Golden State, Sacramento, Sacramento, Utah, and the Clippers. So we mentioned before that the Warriors pick is going to bounce back and forth. For the rest of the season, it's going to go from 21 to 20 to 19 to 21 to 20 to 21 to 20 to 21. It's going to go back and forth like that all season long. And the Thunder can really help themselves by beating Golden State and and trying to secure that Warriors pick. So that can be a big deal if you win or lose that game pick-wise. Sacramento, same kind of thing. What are the Kings going to do? Are they going to start trading pieces? Are they going to trade Buddy Heald and trade Harrison Barnes? Are they going to go ahead and go for it? I mean, you have the exact same record as Sacramento. Loss-wise, heading into Thursday, they can still make a push for the 10th seed just as Oklahoma City can. Are they going to make that push? Are they going to trade off pieces? Where are they at in all of this? 
by the end of the year. And then these two games, if the Oklahoma City Thunder are also at the bottom of the standings and are also vying for a top pick, it can really flip-flop the positioning between those two teams to try to get that number one overall pick. So it's twofold there with Sacramento. Either these two teams will be battling for a play-in or these two teams will be battling for the top overall pick. That's where I see it with those two on the last five. And then Utah, there's something about this Utah team that I think that they truly care about the regular season. I think that they truly care about making a statement, about being as good as they can be record-wise in the regular season. So I think that that'll be a hard-fought game in one of your last five. But then the Clippers game, I think that the Thunder will win that game. It's the last game of the year, and the Clippers are probably going to rest everybody and not really care about standings or matchups or anything like that heading into the last day, as long as they're securely in the playoffs and, and within the top seven, within the top eight, you know, six, you know, to avoid the play-in, they're going to be comfortably there, which they are right now. They're 29th comfortably within the top six. They're going to still be there, and they're going to just rest their guys and, and hope for the best heading into the postseason. So you're going to get a win there in your last five, which could, again, be a big deal for picks or for the play-in. So your last five is going to be pretty uh, crucial. The Thunder will play nine back-to-backs. That is going to be insane. So you're going to miss out Horford for half of those. Russell Westbrook will be back in Oklahoma City for the first time wearing number four against the Thunder for Washington on April 23rd. He'll be back in Oklahoma City. Chris Paul returns on May 2nd with the Suns. And the Thunder only have two baseball series and they're against the Kings. So what felt like they had 50 million of them, if you're unfamiliar with that term, it's whenever you play the same team back to back. They only do that twice. And we mentioned it's going to happen once uh, in the last five games of the year against uh, Sacramento, Sacramento. But that's really slowed down in this second half for Oklahoma City. I think that the toughest stretch of games for Oklahoma City this year, you know, the second half of the year, I should say, will be a stretch from March 24th to April 3rd, where you play Memphis, Boston, Dallas, Toronto, Phoenix, Portland. These are all playoff teams. These are all teams that are going to be vying for positioning and vying to improve their record and really needing to needing wins. I mean, Phoenix needs wins. Toronto needs wins. Dallas, Boston absolutely need wins. And then Memphis and Portland, they have to try to hang around. And so they're going to be fighting for that as well. So that's going to be a really tough stretch for Oklahoma City to overcome. Now, leading up to the trade deadline, where would this team fit in at? They're going to play the Mavericks, Knicks, Grizzlies, and that Knicks-Grizzlies game is a back-to-back, both 1 p.m. tip-offs. Very strange back-to-back there, and you would imagine you will not have Al Horford against uh, Minnesota. Then you play the Bulls, Hawks, Rockets, Wolves, and Grizzlies again, and then it's the trade deadline on March 25th. So that's how you get there. That's also the weakest part of the second-half schedule is right up before the deadline. So we went through the hardest part. We went through when it starts and all that second-half schedule talk. Where do the Thunder project to be after this? And to me... They project to be exactly where they are right now. They're going to win games. They're going to lose games. They're going to middle out and probably finish about 6th, 7th in uh, the standings, and we'll see what happens on lottery night. I think that this team, even with a, a trade of George Hill, will be the exact same because you add Ty Jerome and whatever the trade nets you back, which I think will be just second-round picks. But still, you got Ty Jerome. This team's kind of weathered the storm without George Hill perfectly fine. You're probably not going to be able to move on from Al Horford, so he's going to stay on this roster I don't think that the that the second half will wear on them emotionally or physically about giving effort. I think they're still going to give a ton of effort all throughout this 72-game stretch. And honestly, I think that there's some optimism about certain players turning it around. I think that Darius Baisley could be in it for a huge second half, like a, like a statement-type second half. Like a don't-forget-about-me second half, as everyone gets enamored, myself included, with Isaiah Roby and with all these other players. Hey, don't forget about... Me, little old Darius Baisley, your former first-round pick. Don't forget about me over here, even though I've had a rough first half. I think they can turn it around and really, really start to make an impact in the second half. So if he can take a jump after the All-Star break, which I think will be good for him, I think that he'll be good to decompress and take this break 
and refocus and get to where he wants to be and get to where I think he can be. I think he's a double, double, you know, a walking double, double. If everything's right with him, if he can get right and if he can be confident and if he can execute, then that does boost the thunder a little bit. So there's options on both sides. Like again, no matter what side you're on, if you're on this team should be tanking or if you're on this team should be winning, you have to feel really good about where this team is at. And I don't get why there's so much fighting about this right now because we don't know anything and we don't control anything. Nobody can control any outcomes about any of this. The Thunder are exactly where I said they'd be and many other people said that they'd be. They're a competitive, scrappy little team that's rebuilding. They're not terrible. They're not contending. They're just kind of here and they're just kind of vibing out with their young players who are playing excellent basketball right now and it's about watching them grow and not about watching the standings or watching the record who cares about the record as of right now i care more about how these young players are looking and they've achieved that so far and you have a heck of a basketball coach which is what we found out in the first half we'll talk about what we learned more about this first half and recap the entire first half of this season in the coming days here on locks on thunder the daily podcast about the oklahoma city thunder as we get ready to put the first half of the season behind us coming up we're going to talk about Stockwatch Friday. We're going to talk about Dame Lillard. We're going to talk about Andre Drummond. We're going to talk about Tail Maldon, the NBA All-Star Game, and much more in this Friday edition of Stockwatch coming up on the Locked On Thunder podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on Locked On Thunder, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. And it's Friday, so that means it's time for Stock Watch. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. So on this edition of Stockwatch, I want to first bring to the market Damian Lillard and his MVP conversation. So I think that Dame deserves recognition for what he's done. Does he deserve MVP votes for what he's done? No, but recognition for sure. And like when you're having the NBA MVP debates, you can say, hey, Lillard's been good, but then you move on to the legitimate candidates who I think are LeBron, and I think are Joel Embiid, and I think are Jokic. I think that those are the legitimate MVP candidates, and Dame is somewhere in that conversation, just not at the very, very tippity-top or even threatening to win the award. But he does deserve a hat tip for the amazing season he's put together so far this season. So I'm buying the fact that Damian Lillard deserves a spot at the table. I'm selling the fact that he has any chance at all to win the MVP award. The next stock watch item is, can Andre Drummond be an impact player on a good team? I am selling this, selling this, selling this. I do not think that Andre Drummond can provide much of anything for a contending team. I think he's an empty stats kind of guy. I'm not sure what his role would even be on a contending team. I think Al Horford could help winning ball clubs way more than Andre Drummond or than Blake Griffin. There's a reason why nobody's jumping for joy to try to grab Andre Drummond. I, I think that if you're only looking at the basketball players, not the contracts, that Al Horford's a much better player 
than Andre Drummond. And with the free agent pool dwindling, if I was a GM, I'd much rather trade for Al Horford and just go for it. There's no free agents or anything in the, in the upcoming free agency class. Figure out the contracts later. You can always move deals. We've heard so many times, oh, the Chris Paul trades, that's unmovable. Russell Westbrook's contract, it's unmovable. No contract is truly unmovable, especially for the type of player that Al Horford is. Al Horford can be valuable. He can produce. I'd much rather have him on a contending team than Andre Drummond. So I'm selling Andre Drummond as a legitimate impact player for a good team. The next item is, will the NBA All-Star Night be fun or a complete disaster? So I'm going to go with fun on this one. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the All-Star Game Night being awesome where you know you just sit down for your TV and you watch them just rattle it off, right? Boom, boom, boom. Skills competition, three-point competition, the first half of the All-Star Game, the dunk contest, the second half of the All-Star Game, and you just get overloaded with basketball in one day. I think this is going to be a blast and going to be really fun. They've had the players speak out against it in the media. They've had media members write about how much of a silly idea it is and, and how difficult it is to pull off and how much of a unneeded risk it is. I get all of that, but for the actual entity of you know the, the weekend and like condensing it, will it be fun to watch? It'll absolutely be fun to watch. I think that, that the NBA would never do this in a normal year because you want to spread out the festivities, you want to spread out the, the ratings on television, but I think that just zooming through it and sitting down for one night only and watching every little detail will actually increase the attention and increase the engagement from your fan base as an NBA fan because I only have to carve out one night and I get to watch everything I want to see. So I think it'll be very fun. So I'm buying the NBA All-Star Night where we just do every single competition and every single you know thing <laughs> from All-Star Weekend in one single night. Now, the Thunder-related stock watch is tail mouth on shot. He's been a little streaky. I mean, he had the, the rough game against C, uh, San Antonio, but everyone did. Every person except for Lou Dort, Al Horford, and SGA had a rough game. And even Lou Dort and, SGA and uh, Al Horford had rough first halves and, and were rough for most of that game. But they did come on when it mattered most. SGA was just phenomenal from start to finish. So I'm not really going to hold the, the Spurs game against him too much. I am actually buying Tail Mouth as a spot-up shooter. I think that he can be a really good spot-up shooter and can be a really good shooter in general and can really elevate his offensive game with that shot. So the Thunder get in action again tonight on the first night of a back-to-back against Atlanta. Subscribe to Locked on Thunder anywhere you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Call in the show for all 5362-7128. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.